and welcome to another No Fault Marriage episode of We Only Look Thin. My name is Katherine Weigel, and I am one of your hosts. I am a tiny habits coach. Yeah. I have lost about 140 pounds, Ooh. and I am uh, partially responsible for this marriage to my co-host... Donald Weigel. <laughs> you threw me off with that. I have uh, lost about 100 pounds, and I have also, I'm also partially responsible for this marriage. <laughs> I uh, I endorse this message or or something. Thank you. Uh, but we've we've lost a lot of weight, but uh, we rarely talk about how much weight we gained. <laughs> yeah. No, we we actually we spent a lot of time gaining weight together. Yeah, right? we sure did. I I don't think that we intended to do two episodes in a row regarding spouses and partners and marriage, but uh, we received an email about it, and uh, the timing was was just good. We last week's episode was all about. Um, how to navigate a spouse who wants nothing to do with your weight loss and fitness journey. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about what if you're enabling each other. What? But but I'm not responsible for any of this. This is all your thing. Wait, I thought it was all your thing. What? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. <laughs> it's sort of like this podcast. I thought it was your idea to do it. I know. Well, you bought the you bought the mics like way before I even oh, knew yeah. I wanted to do a podcast. That's true. But... So this is all my fault, I guess. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the negative reviews are your fault and the positive reviews are mine. But, uh, yeah. but we received, we have listeners and some of them have names and some of them have email addresses. And this episode is about something about that. Many of them have access to the internet. <laughs> yes. Yes. They do. Um, so we got an email from a listener named Ruth. Hello, Ruth. Hi, Ruth. I think that's short for Ruthless. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it? I was actually trying to think. I was like, what is Ruth short? Ruthless. No one says anyone is full of Ruth, but yeah. this, this episode is full of Ruth. So. <laughs> you're, you're full of Ruth or you're Ruthless. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, hello. Uh, hello, Ruth. Hi. Uh, uh, she says, hi, Catherine and Donald. New-ish listener, first-time emailer here. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, and then uh, she says she found the podcast via a question someone posted about the best weight loss podcast in Jordan Syatt's Inner Circle Facebook group. Well, whoever posted the list of best podcasts and listed us clearly has wonderful taste. Um, and then she makes a, a Three Amigos reference uh, to El Guapo a little later. Um, but the heart of the question is... Uh, in one of the episodes I recently listened to, you said you both spent years enabling each other as far as eating. Yes. Truth. Um, have you already done a whole episode about it and how you overcame or stopped it? The answer to that question is maybe. Maybe. I think if you put all 200 episodes together, there's probably something in there. It's also possible we've done it and just don't remember. Yeah, I remember the early ones. It's been four years and we're getting old. Um, Well, I'm getting old anyway. Um, uh, My husband and I struggle with just going, I was thinking about ordering pizza. And the other person going, you know... Sage nod. I approve this message. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I think it might be the biggest weight loss obstacle we've never not really addressed over here. Anywho, thanks for your time and for being an inspiration, Asian, Asian, Asian. You didn't mention that her husband's name is Chad. That oh was yeah. Very, his full name is Chadless. Well, I was trying not to uh, not to overly identify. In oh, case, well, uh, she put it in there. Yeah, that's Chad. true. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> our our daughter, when she was younger, invented a character for some story who was like the most evil, like, evil, awful, like you know, person in the universe, and his name was Chad, and, like, and she just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, like, like, but the, his name is Chad, like a super villain named Chad, which yeah, she thought was so hilarious. Ruth, if you're in trouble, let us know. But yeah, yeah. Blink, it sounds like blink he, twice or send another email. It sounds like his worst ab- attribute is maybe enabling. Bad behavior, which yeah. which uh, Donald and I both did for many years, and we still almost do it sometimes. Sometimes, but I think we're much better at uh, at you know calling each other out on it and catching each other on on what's actually going on these days. Yeah, you know, I think when people think about getting married or living with someone else or having other people around, you know, you think about the big things like where are you going to put the TV? Are you going to go right. to religious the services? Big things, like the TV. You start with the TV conversation, <laughs> then you move on to religion and whether you want children. Well, the problem was when Donald and I were dating, he really liked the X-Files. And I was like, I'm going to get him an X-Files clock and a watch and a bathrobe and yeah, a rug. And all a, true. And, and then when I moved in, I was like, oh, I didn't know I was going to have to have an X-Files <laughs> clock. <laughs> That's right. And then it's all here. <laughs> and it's very precious to me because you bought it for me. Yeah. And I was like, well, what if we got a new clock that didn't have X-Files on it? So uh, anyway, those were the big things I worried about at age 22 when yeah. uh, when we got married. But no, you think about like who's going to pay for what and what can we afford and that kind of thing. But the food part of it is just kind of like you, you never really have a conversation. Maybe it's about kids, where to live, who's going to work. Right. But like the food thing just kind of happens. The two things have just occurred to me. You were way too young to get married. Oh, way too young. When we got married. No. That yeah, yeah. Was not you, should a not good a, idea. you should not have done that. And number two, if you combined the years <laughs> of marriage that we have together, we, we, have, we have like almost 200 years of, exp- oh, of marriage experience. So much us. experience. Yeah, if you add it all up but you know you think about those kind of big things but you just kind of fall into patterns of behavior that you don't maybe necessarily talk about especially if you weren't super responsible with food choices beforehand yeah which neither of us were um but when you when you start dating it's all fun and games with oh let's go out to eat let's get drinks let's go out to brunch with friends like food things and that kind of never stopped with us well and i i think that i have a tendency to and even now i still it's it's usually the first thing i think of is when there is an event or gathering or something my first thought is to the food part of it like i'm like oh this will be a really good excuse to eat some food yeah that's the first thing that comes up and so I, I think you were like that too, um, and you know we sort of dragged each other into that on you know time and time again. Yeah, and I think too. I mean, there are relationships in which people come into it with healthy choices and good boundaries, and that is not something that we really focused on. So no. I think the two of us together just sort of did this Ouija board approach to like, well, I didn't buy it i i thought you did like i thought you wanted that food and you know but it it starts out with sort of the the scripts that we grow up with like i lived with my grandparents and my grandmother made these meat and potatoes meals every night she would make this big dinner but she would start at 2 30 in the afternoon right and like maybe and ruth and ruthless and chadless i don't know (laughs) (laughs) how it started for you but for me you know i Donald would come home and I would be like, okay, I'm going to make this 
big delicious meal for him and it would take three hours and he would get home late and then I would just be kind of annoyed oh, that I had spent. Oh, be in a delightful, delightful, I was wonderful the worst. mood. Oh. I was I was the worst. And and I, as a dutiful husband, though, would eat all of the food. Yeah. Because that's what I thought my responsibility, my place in that whole thing was. You know, but maybe it starts out with like one fancy dinner that you make, and then you find that it's exhausting and impractical because you both work. Yeah. And then you're getting dinner out on Friday nights. And then, oh, maybe it's the middle of the week here also. And then also, what if on the weekend we went out for brunch with friends? And then going out to eat just becomes the norm. Yeah, and well, it felt like I don't even remember that time at the beginning where we were trying to like cook or eat anything I healthy. Did, it I, just it just felt like, you know, in my memory, it's just a blur of like getting takeout, you know, or delivery like all the time. Well, I remember I didn't really know how to cook very well, and you yeah. were vegetarian. I don't think I was at the time, but I just made like a pound of pasta a night, and I, right. I remember at one point you just going like, I can't eat any more spaghetti. <laughs> like, I can't do it. Which is so funny because uh, that sounds really good right That's now. all it, I want it, right it, now. <laughs> it has been forever since I've actually had spaghetti, yeah. actually. But, you know, it, it starts out with not maybe being the best cook, so then it's like, oh, well, we live in Los Angeles. There's Thai and Mexican and Chinese and Italian and Well, pizza. and this was even before um, it was so easy for Uber Eats and everything. I mean, like most places delivered, but, you know, you, Uber Eats and whatever those other places are that deliver, uh, you know, it just makes it way too easy now. Yeah, but, you know, as we're, you know, your, your dating is maybe one stage and then you're living together and then there's actual chores to do and work to do and you just want to have fun and maybe you just don't want to deal with the cooking part which i didn't i would watch the food network i would sit and watch the food network and then i would order takeout because it just made me want to eat i've always hated the cleanup too oh yeah 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 like when i when i get takeout i always want to eat it right out of the containers and not like put it on a plate because the whole point is not to uh, have dishes or that's not the whole point but exactly (laughs) part of the point okay so i have some reasons that you might want to overeat one food is delicious oh yeah yeah (laughs) there is that that's a problem yeah but you know maybe you've got some family recipes that you want to bust out at first or maybe you want to honor your family tradition by eating other people's pierogies that you buy from their restaurants yeah um you're tired from work, like Donald said. You don't want any cleanup. Um, you have two for one coupons. Two for one. You got to two for one Tuesdays I mean, and the garlic knots and the cheese. It's bread. like you can't afford not to do it. You know but what I mean? That's really how we treated it. I yeah. know we're joking, <laughs> yeah, but that's how we treated it. True. We want to support local businesses, right? You uh, want to yeah. try out the local place. That's a good thing. Yeah, buy local. Also, farm to table. Get your money's worth. We were basically the most benevolent people in our community wanting to. <laughs> To, to support local business. Also, the money's worth part is like, well, we're going to get Thai, right? So we might as well get the tofu tower, and we might as well get the side of egg rolls, right. and then we might as well each get an entree. And you know what? We really also both want this other entree. So why don't we just get a third entree, and then get rice, and then get naan? For some reason, the Thai restaurant also has naan. Um, but right. like, get it all. We're going to, we might as well, maybe, maybe there'll be leftovers for tomorrow. Well, and and the like unlimited trips to the salad bar option well that's a bargain like you can't you know you can't not do that unlimited breadsticks i have a uh, i have a, f- a good friend whose parents used to get angry if he wanted to order mushrooms or onions on a pizza because it was the same price as the meat like yeah 
get really angry. But the meat is the same price and it's such a better value. Oh my gosh. But like, but we used to do that. It was all about the tanking up because, well, yeah. I can't make a pizuki at home, so we might as well get it out at the restaurant. Well, and I know this is not really the topic of this episode, but I had a real fear of being hungry. Like, yeah. allowing my, like, being hungry. Like, so I would just, you know, I was sort of raised with this idea of eat at every opportunity because you don't know when you're going to be able to, you know, have a chance to eat again. And it, it really felt like I spent my life trying to just, you know, make myself as full as possible for that fear of like, well, maybe I won't be able to eat for two or three hours. Yeah. Well, and that's where you and I are different because I just like to eat food. I yeah. don't need an, an extra reason. But Well, I okay. Up. There's that too. No, but too. like you definitely grew up in more of a, a place of like, hey, we're doing a long drive. We might as well eat yeah, now yeah, and yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So, but there, the other part of this, and this is kind of where it goes back to, uh, to Ruth and Chad, is the like... Like, nobody's really making the decision about what you're doing. Yeah. And and we would do the the same, like, Sage, Nod, Ruth, and Chad theater. Um, you know, we're basically the uh, West Coast Ruth and Chad uh, in, in the, like, well, do you want to get takeout tonight? Oh, well, do you want to get, like, the appetizer? Like, are you kind of feeling like an appetizer? Yeah, you know, the, the cookie pie looks pretty good, but what do you think? Do you want that? Well, I don't know if I want it, but you have to order it 30 minutes in advance. So why don't we just order it in case? we want it and then yeah we can take it home. yeah that's a really good idea you know what like do you want the bread basket <laughs> it, it's just always that tone of that sly look and that still happens sometimes when we have a, you know like oh we you know we don't get bread but then it's like oh okay like i don't want to be rude maybe they maybe our daughter wants it and then really it's just for me yeah and we would do the thing over and over again where one of us would you know, try to go on whatever diet we were on, whatever diet fad at the moment, like one of us would try and do it. And the other one would just, you know, I would, I would be doing something or Catherine would be doing something. And, you know, I, I didn't want anything to do with whatever diet she was on. And I would just be like, I'm exhausted. I need to get takeout. Yeah. And, and you would do it or vice versa. You yeah. Know, I no, would, we would, I would be, you know, okay, I've, I've been so hardcore on this diet for three days. And then, you know, you would be like, you know, I just want to get takeout. And I wanted to make you happy. Oh, you're so, <laughs> such a good husband. Such a giving husband. So I would say, yes, let's do it. And then I would just give up on whatever diet I was doing because of one meal. Yeah. You know, I just did not have the right mindset and focus to to be able to go back onto a plan after that. Okay, so whether or not this is a spouse, a roommate, a family member, whatever, you get into patterns of behavior where really no one is taking responsibility because you, no one wants to be the bad guy. And yeah. really oh, yeah. secretly, you just want a reason to eat. So here are a few more things that I, I see as a pattern in our relationship, or at least mm. I used to. So first, no one is making the decision. It just sort of happens. It's that Ouija board. I thought you wanted it. I wanted yeah. it. No one's taking responsibility. It's no fault. So another one is we blame the spouse for wanting it, and then we act like a victim. Well, I wouldn't get pizza, but he wants it. <laughs> right. And guess what? We're grown-ups, and we don't need to eat the same food. Um, again, we buy food for the family, for the table. It was on sale. It was at Costco, and there was a big container of it. What was yeah. I supposed to do? Well, and that thing that you used to do of, like, making biscuits or oh cookies gosh. or something that – 
that was, you know, for the family. family. Oh, no, I don't I don't want any bread. Oh, but I made a whole loaf and it's going to go bad because yeah. there's no preservatives. I better eat it all. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I did that. Oh, it's so delicious, though. But it's not good. It's not good. Wait, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> all this food talk. Um, again, we have an old script in our head about what good families do. Good families eat, meat, you know, meat and potatoes and the big dinner and the big yeah. Sunday dinner and the big going out to eat. And we're, we're established now. We've got the money. We might as well treat ourselves. Ourselves. We want a partner in crime because we don't want to do things by ourselves. We want other people complicit in our food crimes. Yeah, for sure. When our spouse, our partner, our friend, our coworker wants to change up what they're doing, we feel threatened. And so we do everything we can to sabotage them. Oh, I made your favorite peanut butter balls. Oh, I got us cocktails. Yeah. And I think that there's, I think that there are so many levels to that too. I think on, on one level, there was the, the period where I wanted nothing to do, well, the many periods where I wanted nothing to do with trying to eat healthier because I just wanted to indulge all the time. And so I didn't want you to make me feel bad about it by yeah. by trying your best. So I would try and sabotage you. And then there's the other thing of like, well, you know, and I don't know how much I really felt like this, but there's always the the like, well, if my spouse gets into really good shape and starts eating healthy, yeah. they're going to find somebody else. Yeah. You know, like I think that there are so many layers to that, you know, that would cause you to wanna um to wanna sabotage the other person. Well, and I used to think that you would do things at me. And vice versa, like he was going on a run at me or he was counting his points (laughs) at me right? instead of just being like, no, I feel really terrible and I have indigestion all the time and I want to try to make some changes. It felt like an attack instead of an investment. Yeah. And if I hadn't actually, you know, allowed all this to go on, maybe I wouldn't have gotten type 2 diabetes someday. Oh, boy. Yeah. But the final one is, and I think that, you know, a lot of people maybe have like – issues they're trying to tamp down because of why they're eating. I've always loved the taste of food. I've enjoyed it right now. I've enjoyed it all the time, every day, every chance I get. It's always a party. It's always about right now. And it, it was never really about, you know, we've talked about this too, about like deciding what was important and making healthy choices. It was just, let's live in the moment. We're grownups with our own bank accounts and let's eat all the food. That was kind of the end for me is that it felt good in the moment until, ha ha ha, 20 years of doing that. Suddenly again, it was the diabetes and the the poor health and the, you know, real emotional issues that went along with eating so badly. Yeah. And I think that it, it was, you know, also had to do with things that weren't just food choices too. You know, we would sabotage each other for going to the gym. We would, you know, one of us would, we would get into the habit of maybe going to a gym three or four or five days a week even. Yeah. And then one of us wouldn't feel like going and the other one, you know, even though I could have just gone because that's a thing that you could do, you know, if your spouse doesn't want to want to go to the gym, you can actually, you know, go by yourself. I would just decide, well, if she doesn't want to go, I'm not going to go. Or I would talk you out of going. Yeah. Yeah. We, we made very many excuses. Sorry yeah. about all. I'm sorry about that, Donald. I, I did am, a lot of that. <laughs> I am also sorry about that. But, you know, look, we've, we've uh, managed to get it together. Yeah. So, um, but we would also do the thing where, 
where we would, you know, get the other one to stay up too late or, yeah. or have that one more spend drink. Spend the money or, yeah. and indulge in the thing. But I think, you know, as we've, you know, spent half of the episode, uh, I don't know how much more we have to go, but here we go. Um, we spent a lot of time tangling each other's habits up together. And the next part is going to be about solutions about how to change that. And I want to make it clear that we didn't do all of this at once. The suggestions we're going to give, it kind of unfolded over time, but we are giving you the benefit of hindsight. Just we're going to throw out a bunch of things that you can do and just decide on a couple that might make sense to you, places to start to change your habits. Yeah. I you know, when When I started this, I just wanted to focus on learning to count calories and learning to move a little more. Like I didn't even really think about the mindset part except for the one keystone, which there is no finish line. You know, that was really an epiphany for me of like, hey, we're not just, you know, I don't need to just go on a diet. Like I need to change my lifestyle. But in hindsight, one of the most important parts of this, in my opinion, was figuring out how to be honest with myself and honest with Catherine and um, therefore honest with each other about our food choices and why we were doing it and spent years and years trying to absolve myself of guilt and shame by blaming it on all of these external factors, one of which was Catherine deciding that she wanted takeout or that she wanted the appetizer. Well, if she wants it, I just want to make her happy. Yeah. And I also spent so much time blaming my work, my family, my circumstances for the way I was eating. I would blame my boss. I would blame my coworkers. And like Donald said, getting to the point, and I think it is where I started, of just going, I want to eat this because I don't want to deal with my feelings right now. I want to eat this because it tastes good. It has nothing to do with Donald. And that small shift of just taking responsibility for your own food choices, I think really matters in making a long-term change. Because I've said it before, I was a victim in so many different parts of my life before I was yeah. just like, well, I'm just going with what everybody else wants to do instead of making choices that benefited my own health. So I think that that mindset thing of I want an appetizer, I'm not blaming Donald for it, I think is a big, big deal too. Yeah. And and even, you know, things that didn't necessarily have to do with Catherine, um, not to get off on too big of a tangent, but all of those, like, I had a hard day, I deserve this. Yeah. And it would carry over to you, you know, if we're talking about enabling each other, you know, I would come home from a hard day of work or she would come home from a hard day of work and you know be like i had such a hard day i deserve this food and yeah. what we were really doing was sabotaging our health right like, you know rather hey let's than- get cocktails hey let's get your favorite meal hey let's go get pizza as a as a reward yeah exactly and and realizing that you're doing it and then therefore if you have to own your choices it makes it a lot harder to actually go through with it yeah exactly so a few things that and and i don't know if these are going in order of how we started or not but i think one of the big things to really consider is the difference between eating outside the house and having an indulgent meal. Yeah. I used to see if we're getting takeout, we might as well get the apps and the entrees and the sides and the whatever. That was just the the volume get your money's worth. There's a difference between that and actually planning an indulgent meal. Now I see the convenience of not having to cook, not having to make dishes, not having to get food, not having to prep right. as like oh, hey, I could save a lot of time if I just got a Chipotle bowl from Chipotle 
and it fit my calories and I didn't have to cook. Hooray. It's not and the chips and the guac and the soda and the churros and the whatever. Eating outside the house serves a purpose. We're not saying don't ever eat out, but like, hey, we don't have time to make dinner. You know what? This will fit my plan. I can get a happy meal. Done. And there's no, you know, like indulging. It's just eating outside the house. And most restaurants these days have to have their calorie counts out there, or at least, you know, many, many of them. So you can find them on the internet. You can find them at the restaurant. So you can actually come up with a go-to like, I just don't have time. I just didn't grocery shop. You can go to a go-to like, hey, this, I know this is 500 calories. I yeah. can do 500 calories or or whatever amount you can squeeze in, you know, so that you have three or four close options that you can do in a pinch. Yeah, exactly. And part of, uh, part of things to plan for is now we always have backup food in the freezer. Yeah, I, I tend to refer to it as an emergency, but Catherine has reframed it recently as a lucky. A good luck. Look, what luck. I've got a backup meal. Oh, what I, I luck. I like that a I've lot got more, yeah. a go-to, you know, uh, heat and serve. I've got, like, I can always make scrambled eggs and have some toast or something like that for dinner. Um Having that as the backup instead of like, well, I don't know, what do you want? Oh, no, I forgot that this these vegetables I bought three weeks ago wilted. Yeah, and and really part of doing this well is planning together and not finding yourself. Oh, my goodness, we've got no food in the house. We've got no choice. What a surprise. And, you know, again, that sort of lying to yourself about whether or not you actually can go ahead and plan ahead and grocery shop and have your lucky frozen meals on hand, like for when you're in a pinch, but really making sure that you don't find yourselves in that situation where you've got nothing in the house except, you know, super indulgent food or leaves you no choice but to do the the takeout or the delivery. Right. And I think, honestly, the really big part of this and maybe, uh, maybe Donald can splice this back to the very beginning. Yeah. When we started this out. We decided that it was time to plan for indulgences instead of just Ouija boarding our weeks. We literally used to get takeout or go out to eat probably three to five times a week. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah, easy. And we're now the kind of people who maybe get purposeful takeout or go to restaurants. I mean, I know COVID is a whole different thing, but this was even before COVID of like, once a month. Yeah. We became the people who prioritized our health over our indulgences. And it was a big shift for us. But we eat pretty simply now. And then we plan ahead. Like literally, we plan ahead for like, oh, hey, the Super Bowl's coming up. Oh, St. Patrick's Day's coming up. Oh, a friend's coming in from out of town. And we put those on the calendar as things to look forward to instead of the random, like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. Time. Like we're we're like adult people now. We can right. plan ahead for things. We know that days happen and food happens and we have policies that we don't just spur the moment and this is something that we've had to talk about together and come to an agreement upon we don't just on a random thursday decide we're gonna go out to eat or get delivery or whatever like it is it has got to be on a specific day and look if you don't want to go cold turkey so to speak 
you could start with, hey, we only order takeout on, you know, blank night a week. We only, you know, do it on, we, we only go out for breakfast on Saturday morning. We don't do it, you know, three or four times a week or, or whatever you're doing now. You can gradually dial this back. We're basically at a point where it's like holidays, special occasions, yeah. somebody comes to town, you know, we, we don't do it other days besides that. Yeah. And for us too, I think part of that, of the, like, we used to do it five to six times a week, whatever, if, if that's too much, be like, okay, we're going to pick three days. Like it doesn't have to be, we decided to sort of do a, a zero tolerance policy <laughs> yeah. But for you. If it's like, okay, let's try three days a week. Okay. Now two days a week and, and dial it back a little bit or plan those like, okay, I'm going to get McDonald's, but it's going to be a happy meal. I'm going to get whatever, but it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to get the extra sides. And, and we decided on a no tolerance policy partially because, you know, diabetes forced my hand. Like yeah. my, my health was at stake, you know, in a very serious manner. So I felt like I couldn't eat out at all. But if you have the time to stop the diabetes from starting in the first place, you can gradually, yeah. you know, step yourself back like, you know, we suggest with calories or with increasing exercise. Right. So other policies that I had because and, and we'll do another episode on what I used to do in the before time. But I have a policy of no alcohol on weekdays. Oh, yeah. I have a policy of only one donut, never a dozen. We are three people in this house. <laughs> yeah. We do not need a dozen donuts. Yeah. I only get a tall drink at Starbucks. I don't get the super duper giant size. We don't randomly go to donut shops during the week or get coffee and get a pastry. It, like a Tuesday is not a good day for a pastry. It's if we're going to go out, we plan it in advance. If I get a, a decadent coffee, I don't get a decadent pastry. It's one or the other. These are just policies I've made for myself. Yeah. Another huge one is, and we've talked about this before, is we, if we go to Costco, we never buy bulk treats. We buy single serving. Yeah. The most expensive, inefficient is what we do. We buy bulk of vegetables and of like protein and that kind of thing, but we never go for the bulk low cost treats because it's a value. It's going to go stale if I don't eat the seven pound tub or whatever right now. Yeah, absolutely. But we get single serving bags of chips and of nuts and of, you know, anything that we might have trouble moderating, we get the single serving. I also have a policy of no sweets until after dark because daytime random indulgences lead to all day indulgences. Yeah, absolutely. And as Donald said, have two or three places that you can get reasonable takeout that are just eating outside the house takeout. I can get sushi. I can get a Happy Meal. I can get a Chipotle bowl. I can get a kid's meal. I can get a protein, but skip the sides. We don't, We can have it all. I, you know, I hate this platitude. I feel like it should be on a poster next to a cat hanging right. in a tree. <laughs> but like you can have it, but having it all at once gets you really bad results that you don't want in the long term. So if I get one decadent thing, I'll get a healthy thing. Or if I get an appetizer, I won't get a dessert. Make some policies and talk about it together because honestly, it is easier to do it when the people you're with do it. If you're around people who are drinking every night or getting the appetizers and eating indulgently, it is harder to stick to your own goals. And I think that that is a great segue into the next point that I wanted to bring up, which is one of the things that I've learned over these many years of marriage is that it is okay to do different things. Yeah. We don't 
eat the same foods. We don't, you know, we do, we do do a lot of the same exercise, but we don't do all of the same exercises together. And we have different plans. We have different timings on things. And that is okay. Like you, you know, we are married and we are partners. We are partners in life, but we don't always have to eat exactly the same meals at exactly the same time with, you know, and if there are you know, foods that you know are going to be better for you to stick to your plan, it is okay. You can eat them at the same time. You can time it so that you're eating together, but you don't have to make every meal together so that your partner's not making that food that causes you to reel into madness later. Yeah, exactly. You can also, you know, speaking of different exercises, you know, there are things that I like to do that Catherine doesn't and things that she likes to do that I don't, but we can really connect on the things that we do like to do together, like rebounding and watching the same TV shows or going on, you know, on the weekends, a lot of times we'll go on these long walks together. And, you know, we really connect and bond over those things. So focus on the things that you do. But it is okay if you're not doing, you know, if your partner wants to go to spin class and the idea, you know, makes you nauseous, do what you want to do. Yeah. No, and I I think that that letting go of having to do everything in step with one another really helped because – Donald doesn't eat until two o'clock in the afternoon and that works for him. But for me, I like to eat later, but I don't have that defined time and letting go of like, well, I'm going to let Donald down if I don't do exactly what he does. It was really freeing to see that we could support each other and cheer each other on, but have different priorities. There are times when he has planned for an indulgence and it doesn't fit my plan. And so I abstain or I go like, oh, you know what? I'm going to skip having alcohol tonight. Or I know you're getting that bigger treat but that's not, I'm going to wait until Saturday to get mine. Being independent of one another, but supportive was really helpful. Yeah. And there was a, there was a time when Catherine and I were both vegetarian at the same time, both vegan at the same time, but uh, Catherine is not vegetarian and I am, and our daughter is not vegetarian. And so it, it makes a lot of sense for us to make a lot of separate meals also. And it, you know, it just works better for me to make my own stuff than it does for her to try and figure out what all three of us are going to want to eat. Well, and two, and it's not, you know, I think we get into norms about who does what chore or whatever. We just co-eat now. We, we, he eats his food, I eat my food, and it is not a value judgment on how good of a wife I am or how much he loves me that he's not eating my food or eating my food. Right. But like the what's important is that we are together and enjoying things. If you go out to eat, you don't order the same thing. So why at home should you have to? I know we're privileged because we like he has time to make his food and I have time to make my food or whatever, but we just co-eat. We don't necessarily have to eat the same thing. But part of an, another thing you had talked about rebounding or going on walks is we've become the kind of people where if we can, if it's close enough, we will walk to a restaurant or we will walk to go get coffee instead yeah. of driving. So it's kind of like, oh, there's a cafe that's two miles away. Why don't we walk there and get coffee and omelets and then walk home? And so we're kind of adding in exercise and a destination instead of just driving there and, you know, getting the most indulgent food and then coming home and napping. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing to think about, which is, you know, good as a couple and also good as an individual is think about creating a lifestyle together. Yeah. You know, rather than just, hey, 
let's try this whatever, you know, fad diet is popular right now. Let's go on that together and we'll do it for two or three months or two or three weeks and then, you know, go reeling into madness. Yeah, off like, of I, I know we're going to stop. So it's fine. I can I can pretend to care about this for a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Rather than doing that, really start to cultivate an actual lifestyle, which I know is this broad, giant, possibly overwhelming seeming thing. But, you know, do it one small step at a time, but with the idea that you're not just temporarily stepping outside of your life to do something else, that you need to make this part of your life. No, exactly. I mean, and and part of that, like switching up your time together too, is like, we used to just be destination food driven. And now food is typically not the main reason that we do something or or if it is part of the plan, we decide in advance what we're going to get if we're going to like, like food used to be the reason to go to places. And now we're the kind of people who prioritize hikes and walks and activity and really planning out if we're going to go do something, having a small indulgence or sharing something and not just making it 100% about the food. And before it used to be like, oh, we're going to a wedding in New Orleans for the food. And oh, yeah, if we, right. sh- if we show up to the wedding, whatever. But like, really, yeah. we're going for beignets. True story. Oh, unfortunately, I think we just like did nothing but ate eat. and napped. And, ate it, and, napped. and there exactly. were people there who were actually doing like the New Orleans marathon that morning. And we were like, we're going to get beignets. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, that sounded crazy. <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that to yourselves? I think, you know, the last thing that I want to talk about, I don't know if Catherine has other things, is um, one thing that we've also really done to get out of the enabling one another is to turn it around and use it to our advantage. And we now really talk together about growth mindset with each other and reframing things and talk about the future that we want together. Like we want to be able to be physically active well into our, our old age and, you know, still be able to go up and down the stairs, still be able to carry our own groceries, still be able to go on vacations and enjoy ourselves and see all the sights without being exhausted. And look, who knows what's going to happen, yeah. you know, 20, 30 years from now. But but we at least have a focus on being able to do those things rather than just, you know, eating ourselves to death. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We could have written a book called, like, Napping Around the World, where, we, like, all the places definitely. we slept off food hangovers instead of seeing the sights. A hundred percent. But that whole, like, really thinking about our futures together, in our 20s and 30s, it was just kind of a game. And now I realize, especially after Donald got the diabetes diagnosis, yeah. of like, I want us to be healthy and active. And as people who love food, like love it, I still, it's still a priority to me, being able to figure out how can I make this work? How can I indulge, but not sabotage myself and sabotage Donald, we are in such a healthier place in our marriage because we're not trying to drag one another down all the time. We're trying to lift each other up. And sure, we occasionally get a breadbasket that we hadn't planned for, or we go away for a long weekend and maybe go off plan a little bit, but we get right back on. It's not six months later. It's not after the next diagnosis. It's an indulgent weekend, not an indulgent life. And I think, in, and Ruth, I really appreciate you bringing this question up because I think sometimes we can forget 
the ways we used to treat one another and the kind of games we used to play with things. So hopefully if you can take, uh, you know, dear listeners, if you can take anything from this episode, reframing something, deciding that you're going to set some policies for yourself, deciding that you're worth indulgent meals with purpose and not just as ways to avoid stress. I think it can really, it's, I think it's really helped our marriage. Do you think it's helped our marriage? Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Yes, dear, is always the answer to uh, all of those questions. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so thank you again for the question. Uh, Please take something from this and share with your spouse, Chad. (laughs) I don't know. Whether or not your spouse is named Chad or not, uh, please share with your spouse, your partner, your uh, your significant other. Yeah, and again, this can be a roommate, it can be a friend, it can be family, but create a lifestyle that works for you instead of you working for it. Yes, indeed. So thank you so much for listening. We uh, appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, All of our episodes are still available uh, and you can find them wherever you found this one or anytime 24-7 on our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at We Only Look Thin, you can click on the link for join our support group. We have a Facebook page based accountability group for women called Wolt Place. We only look thin place. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolt Place is right for you. Wolt Place is not a weight loss plan. It is plan agnostic. We've got people doing Weight Watchers oh, yeah. and intermittent fasting and calorie counting, lots of other things, but we are all there to support one another, inspire, share ideas and tips and uh, I'm really proud of it. So uh, give us a try. Give it a try indeed. And if you want to interact with us in other ways, you can find us on social media at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or if you want to be more like Ruth, you can email us to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. We, as you may have uh, been able to gather from this episode, uh, love to answer listener questions. We've taken quite a few of them and turned them into entire episode topics. And uh, we also will eventually get back to you (laughs) or maybe suggest an episode uh, that you can listen to where we've uh, addressed your topic already. But uh, we love to hear from you. Yep. And if you like what you're hearing, please head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Not only does it boost our mood, but it also helps others looking for inspirational podcasts uh, find us. So uh, so please head over there. Leave us a five star. That would be super. We've got over 514 now. Whoa. Bonafide. Yeah, um, so that sounds uh, that sounds real good. It sure does. Uh, and also, uh, if you could tell somebody about the show, that really helps. Uh, word of mouth. If you have someone in your life who you think might enjoy our show, say, hey, I know these two crazy kids who uh, give some uh, good weight loss and fitness advice. Go check out We Only Look Thin. We appreciate it. Yep. So the next time that you would like to suggest pizza to Chad with a sage nod, (laughs) just remember that Catherine and I are an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.